Well, we are so excited to be here tonight. I'm sure all of you guys are excited to be back into church. I think it's been four nights in a row, four or five services in a row. For those of you that didn't get a chance to make it to the services, that's all right because Mark Hankins will be here next month and you can make it to all of those. Amen. Um, so this is just a busy time of year, but I am so thankful for what Dr. Mary Frances Varallo imparted into all of us. There were a lot of personal prophecies, but she imparted a lot of her giftings. You know, she, she can't impart specific positions or offices of things, but she was able to impart, you know, her favor, her wealth, her prosperity. And I know that all of us were touched by those services, and I'm, I'm really thankful for Pastor Daryl and Pastor Lisa for being so obedient in what they do and being able to set these up in the right time um, of the year to be able to kind of start the new year off the right way. And um, if you're like Justin, you have a vision board. Zach put his vision board up for the first time. We've been talking about this for years. Amen. And it's just one of those things that I think you talk about so often and you, you say you're going to do all these things, but we don't want to just be talking about it anymore. We want to put it into action and see what the Lord can do. So I was proud of my husband. I walked in the office one day and he, he bought special push pins that are magnetic that go on the board, different colors. And he had them all lined up and color coordinated on the side. And um, yeah, he had prayers up there and and all kinds of things. So I was excited to be able to do that with him. And I'm excited to cross things off that come to fruition and put new things on that board. One of of those things is actually here tonight. I'm pretty excited about that. So, uh, you know, the other day I was talking to Amber and... and, uh, and, you know, a lot of us get so caught up with, uh, you know, what do we want for us, material things, whatever. But as Mary Fran said the other night, if you guys were here, probably you all were. But I can't stop thinking about souls, people, and their situation. You know, I don't, like, okay, yeah, I want a Ferrari, right? Like, we all want that stuff. We all want to be millionaires. I don't want to work anymore, whatever. But <laughs> the, tr- the truth is, you know, when I think about it, or like, I'll get lost on Facebook Marketplace or whatever. I'm just like kind of browsing, just looking through. But everything that came up on the board was soul, salvation, soul, salvation. So the other day, um, this is just for us, right? So Amber got a, a word for how much we wanted to sow into uh, Mary Fran's ministry. And it got confirmed back there the other night when I was freaking out. I couldn't even stand in one place. Mark Hankins talks about that, right? He says, if you're not thinking about it for the next three or four months, it's not big enough. So I was thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, um, I said, well, I got a word, and this is the amount. And he's like, well, I haven't heard from God yet. Yeah. I was like, uh, I, didn't, I didn't catch that one. <laughs> I and, catch I said, that. and I said, well, you know, we always know where to give. If we didn't give enough and God corrects us, we can always find our address and give her more if that's what we need to do. And I was excited because I was sitting up here, and I was prepared to wait another night. And then I saw him jumping up and down. I was like, okay, well, then he's definitely getting on board. Yeah, one of the boys back there was like, are you hyped up on pre-workout? I was like, I don't think so. I think this is the Holy Ghost. (laughs) So, anyways, we thank you guys for, uh, you know, I guess you didn't know we were going to be here, so surprise. (laughs) But uh, we found out last week, and uh, it's awesome that uh, Pastor uh, Lisa and Pastor Daryl would give us the opportunity to come up here and, and preach to their flock. And we're just part of this flock, and we love you guys, so... Anyways, go ahead, gorgeous. Yeah, we're excited to continue on the subject of love. You know, it's been several weeks that we've been talking about love. And the other day I was like, I feel like I'm on a diet of love. Everything is love, love, love. And, you know, sometimes when you start a diet, you realize you can't have a Snickers, you can't have this, you can't have that. And there's some adjustments that you need to make. Um, and, you know, we need to meditate on those things. We have talked a lot about what love is and what love isn't. But I wanted to take a step back and really just talk about the love of God. I think so often we, we take for granted love, the word love, saying it. It becomes more of a pleasantry in my house in the morning 
you know, I'm, I'm getting up, I'm, I'm trying to spend time with God in the morning, I'm got my kids, trying to get everybody off to school and work, and I look at him, and I'm like, okay, love you, bye, love you, bye, I just rush right through, I love you, and I run out the door, and I think we do that so often with our Father God, we know that we need to spend time with him, and we know it's the right thing to do. And sometimes we just rush through that because we know we should. And there's times where Zach will look at me and he will stare at me in the eyes and he'll go, I love you, Amber. I love you. I love you, Amber. I love you. And he'll say it like seven or eight times and it gets uncomfortable, you know, because I'm standing there. Not for me. I love it. I'm standing there, and I'm like, okay, is there something that you're looking for in return by saying I love you so many times right now? Um, But there's so many distractions and so many things going on that sometimes the first few times he's saying it to me, I'm still thinking about what I'm going to feed the kids for dinner. I'm thinking about, okay, I have to send this email and that email by the end of the day. Walking dogs, feeding cats, who needs what. Exactly. And I don't even stop to think about how much he really does love me. You know, we both paid a great price to to be with each other. We went through a lot to be with one another and to help each other grow in ourselves and our walk with the Lord. And I think that God sometimes feels like we rush that as well. So I wanted to to talk about, you know, what does God say about love? And I know many of us know the verse, John 3, 16, but it's such a, an important verse because you cannot walk in the God kind of love if you don't have an understanding of what God did for you. If you don't have an understanding of how much he loves you, you're never going to be able to walk in that God kind of love. You know, um, it's hard because we get a definition of what love is from the world. We're so busy. Our phones, TV, commercials, and the devil has taken love and he has distorted that into, and he's, he's making fun of God and, and what he did through his son Jesus. And we need to turn that stuff off and we need to meditate on the love of God. Amber made a good point when we were talking about this the other day. Um, I don't know if you already said that. I don't think I heard it. But uh, all of us have dated somebody in our life, right? Pretty much. And we've all probably fallen in love. And she made a good point. You know, like the first time you couldn't get off the phone with your significant other, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, your wife. And then we get so caught up in life and it just sort of becomes like an everyday situation. So like what she said earlier, it's just like, okay, I love you, bye. Right. So the point is, is that what did he do for us? What has he shared with us? When you really sit down and think about it, it's amazing what he did through his son. Right. What he sent. You know, we can uh, again, we talked about different types of love, like Stephen and I were neighbors. We love cars. Right. And then, like, you know, we love the gym, and Isaac and I love the gym. There's a lot of things that we love, but it's a different kind of love. We all know that, that we have for Jesus, that we have for what God did for us. So to focus on it, spend more time just thinking about what he's done, what he's doing, who he is in our life. Because I think that some of us just get caught up in the day-to-day. You know, like, we all love church. We all love Jesus. We all love God. But to show him the honor that he needs. That's the difference. So, sorry, go ahead. And, you know, if we would just meditate on the love of God, we wouldn't have any issues with loving one another. And, And that's true. When we are disconnected from the Father, it's very easy for us not to walk in love. I mean, I have to correct myself all the time because if I have not spent enough time in prayer, in his presence, just in his presence, just in his presence, that's just in his presence, then I find myself getting 
irritable. Somebody's voice bothers me, the way they talk. You know, there's so many things. Like but when I am when I am filled up, when I am full of God, and I've spent three and a half hours driving to a meeting across the state, and all I've done is speaking in tongues and worshiping and praying, and then I get there, I don't care how they sound, what they look like. I just want to hug them. I just want to love them because I have spent the time to fill myself up with the love of God. So I, I really want to spend time just focusing on that and going through some other scriptures about that, that love. But if we would just, you know, it all comes back to Jesus. It all comes back to Jesus. No matter what's going on, it all comes back to Jesus. You know, um, I was saying how, you know, in relationships, we don't always sit there and think about all the the good times that we've had, but we do every anniversary that we have. It seems like that's usually the usual time when it's our anniversary, we go out to dinner and we sit there and we talk about, oh, do you remember, you know, I said I love you first and you said thank you? It's a true story. (laughs) That was true. Um, I wasn't giving it up that easy. (laughs) That's okay. I think I said I love you after two weeks. Um, Yes, it um, was two weeks. I didn't know what love was. I had no idea what love really was. And I think some of us maybe grow up in different um, environments where maybe we don't have a good example of what love is. And um, that is the devil. He's trying to distort your, your... your understanding of, of what love is. And um, it's hard for us to love. I struggled to love for a very long time. A very, very long time. I mean, I'm not one that has always been very affectionate. I, I'm, I'm not a overly hugger person. But I have grown to hug people way more than I ever did when I first came in these church doors. You know, um, so that is because of just the time that I've spent with the Lord. And I look and I think, wow, I didn't deserve any of the love that I got. I didn't deserve anything that you did for me. Um, There's a song by Elevation Worship, but I deserve to be, you know, six feet under the ground. Um, But the love of God changed that. You know, he chose me. He seeked me out. He seeked you out. You know, Mary Fran talked about um, that even before you were created, he knew you. I mean, what kind of love is that? That he would know you before you were even created. I mean, that is love. Everything God does is out of love. So, you know, love was given to all of us. The Bible says that the same measure of faith was given to all of us. The same measure of love was given to all of us. And love is a fruit of the Spirit. So what exactly does that mean? We received God's love in our spirit when we were born again. But that doesn't mean that we are walking in that love. You know, we're still going to work those things out in our soul and in our in our flesh. Um, we can pull that verse up, Galatians 5, 22. It talks about uh, what well, says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You know, we've talked about um, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. I think that's... And those who belong to Christ Jesus the Messiah, have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature with its passions and appetites and desires. We don't need to read anymore, but um, I, don't, I don't think it's by accident that love was mentioned first. It is by no accident that it was mentioned first. You know, we spend a lot of time in this church because we are a faith and word church, and we focus a lot on faith. We spend a lot of time on faith, but faith does not work without love. Um, that is, I have that verse, but I think most of us know that, um, you know, love is eternal. God is love, and love is something we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives. 
um, you know, faith is the evidence of things hoped for and unseen. When we get to heaven, we don't need to have faith anymore because we're going to know all, we're going to see all, but we're still going to need to walk in love. That love is still going to be there. Um, so I really wanted to spend time on that and really just talk about love and you have to put on an attitude of love, you know, you put on a garment of praise, you need to put on a garment of love. You need to practice that love out. It doesn't come by accident. You know, I wake up every morning and I choose to love my husband because I made that vow and I made that choice that I was going to love him each and every day. But I don't feel like loving him every single day. I'm sure you don't feel like loving me every day either. If you say yes, you're going to make me look really bad. Let's move on. <laughs> um, you know, but that is that is a choice. Love is a choice. Um, I think we, we learned that in our marriage because mm-hmm. we thought it was based on circumstances and in feelings. And if you look at that... Um, I saw a thing on Facebook the other day, and it was Michelle Obama. I don't, you know, advocate for her at all, but it was really funny because she was like, there was a 10-year period where I couldn't stand my husband, and it's when my kids were really young, and, you know, he'd come from home from work, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym. If any of you have seen this, I'm taking and adding to it my inspirations from this, but it's not going to be exact, but um, she's like, okay, and he goes, I'm going to go to the gym. And she looks at her watch. She's like, okay, it takes 10 minutes to go to the gym. You're going to work out for an hour and a half. And then it's going to take 10 minutes to get home. All right, after it's been two hours, she's already calling and saying, hey, where are you go? Where have you been? Where have you been? Is anybody else's wife or spouse in here like a built-in ways? Or maybe like, a, like, hey, I, what are you doing? Did you just leave the gym? And I was like, I'm literally walking out of the gym. And I don't have a tracker on my phone. Like, I, And I'm like, no, 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 we don't even do that, right? Let's just like... Every, she just knows where I am. So I'm like, Holy Ghost, can I get some of that too? Like, I want to know where, where she's at, you know? Uh, to Amber's point earlier, I was going to say this. You know, we've been doing these services now for, what is this, the fifth week? And uh, it's really kind of changed my outlook on when I wake up in the morning and what I, what I think about. Obviously, we, we pray and we walk in love. And we walk in the spirit and we sing and we dance and we love him. We honor him. But uh, to sit here and think about every person we run into throughout the day, it's a different conversation, Right? I mean, I don't know if anybody else is feeling this way, but I'll have uh, to talk with somebody. And I'm like, hey, how's your day? And they're like, my day sucks. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, my, my sister is this. My sister is that. Oh, God, I, I hate that girl. And I was like, wow. Okay. And I try not to be uh, judgmental. I'm trying not to, like, drown her in this book that I'm learning, right? And I'm going, okay, well, uh, you know, you, you got to love your sister. you got to love where she's at. And then people start hearing the conversations of what we're learning and what we're kind of surrounding ourselves in. We talked about the other day, practicing this, right? Practice what you preach. So you get in a conversation with somebody, and, and they start, like, hearing what they're saying. You ever been there before where, you're, like, you wake up, and you're like, my job, I hate it. Oh, my God, this stupid car. This car is garbage. Well, you have what you say. So if you're going to continue to knock yourself down, you're going to knock down your family, you're going to knock down what you have, that's what you're going to have. So when someone's complaining about the relationship they have with their cousin, their aunt, their uncle, their mom, their dad, then you might want to look at your love walk to where you're at. And most people don't see that. And then they look at you like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, like, "Uh, don't you hear what I'm saying? She's a jerk. And I'm like, yeah, but God loves her. And you should love her like God does. Well, I don't, she made bad pot roast. You should just eat it and tell her that it's great. What does it matter? And then you sound like a fruitcake. Right? It's the truth, right? And they just look at you like you're so different, but it's the truth. Like, I don't have any care when I wake up in the morning. I, I don't care. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to. No, there were, there were times where um, I'm like, man, I wish he would care about his job more because he really doesn't, not like in a well, bad let's way hold where on he for a doesn't second. care. I but... tell people that I'm going to be doing this tonight, so if my boss is on, hey, I love you. Thank you for the paycheck. But that's not what I'm, that's not my point. <laughs> My point is, is that, like, I don't find my wealth from my job. I even told my president one day, we were sitting down talking, and I was like, just what pastor says, right? I don't really work for you. I work unto him. And he's provided you to me and the finances that I get from this job. But at the end of the day, what I'm really trying to do is talk to you about your soul. So that's the whole point of just walking in love and doing what we're doing. And what Amber was talking about was 
God's love for you. Well, most people don't even know what that really looks like, you know, because they just, oh, God's a sovereign God. Yeah, everything's for the good, right? No, I well, whatever. you take that for granted, right? We take Jesus for granted and what he did for us on the cross. That should be something that we meditate on every day. Um, but what I was saying, what Michelle Obama was saying was, you know, after that, she's calling me. She's like, where are you? And then he comes home um, from work on Friday, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go play golf. She goes, that must be nice that you have time to golf. And how many diapers did you change today? And how, how many of this did you do? And he's going out to dinner with his friends. Oh, well, I guess I'll just be here with the kids then. We get so much based on what have you done for me lately and I feel like sometimes we can be that way with God. You know, you, you're there and you're like, wow, I haven't had a big wow moment from you lately. Are you still working? Are you, are you there? You know, I found myself in that. When we first started coming to this church, and you're being filled with the knowledge that you get while you're here, every week is an aha moment. I mean, you're just having aha moment after aha moment, aha moment. And you are new in your faith and God is, is really showing himself to you because you're standing on the word and it builds your faith even more. And then you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, there's no more aha moments because you've heard, you've heard, you've heard. And I'm like, all right, well, where did God go? He didn't go anywhere because all of these things should be an aha moment every single day. He doesn't need to reperform what he already did with Jesus on the cross. You know, we should be, in, we, we should be thankful and praising him of that every single day in, in, in what the word says. And sometimes you do have to put that on because you have to get your, your soul and, and your flesh in line with where you're at in your spirit. And that's okay. Because there's going to be moments when you have to do that. Um, Mark Hankins has said this so many times, and I die laughing every time. When people ask him how he's feeling, he goes, I'm feeling how Jesus was feeling when he was getting over his feelings. Because that's true. You know, you're going to have feelings, and you have to overcome them. You have to make a, a decision each and every day that this is what my life is going to be. This is the way I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to speak these things over my life. I'm going to have these confessions. You know, we, we are good at confessing our prosperity. We're very good on that because it affects our pocketbook. And I think sometimes we think on those things a lot and we should just as much confess our love towards one another as much as we are confessing, you know, that Abraham's blessings are ours. You know, I'm the head and not the tail, and all of those things. And I, I think that is why Mark Hankins has these confessions in this book about walking in love, because that's where it all starts. All the other things come when you get aligned with your with your love walk. Um, and if you, you mess up and you miss it, tomorrow's another day. And I have to tell myself all the time because, you know, when you have kids and um, they can bother you, <laughs> the devil uses all the people that are close to you to get under your skin. True. And when, when that's happening, you just have to say, nope. I, I'm not going to allow the devil to get in my way of my, of my love walk. I'm going to walk in love. And then you just start telling that person how much you love them. So if there's a day where I tell you I love you a lot more, it's because you're annoying She's me. Been, yeah, yeah. Or you've been walking with Jesus more. I have no idea. Did anybody ever wonder why, like, Dr. Mary Fran just seems so peaceful all the time? Did anybody, like, when she's talking to you? I, I get that. Like, I get it. Like, she's like my mom or like my grandma. And I just want to, like, cuddle up with her and just let her talk to me. Right? And, no, that's the truth. I, that's not even, like, I tell Amber all the time, like, I just love this woman. I don't, she doesn't know me other than walking by me a thousand times, right? But I just love her, you know? And I feel like that I want to be that type of person. You know, she said yesterday and the day before, she's like, I- I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give you this. So why not, why not take some of that, right? Where you can just, where you wake up every day and honor him and what he's doing and walk in love. I mean, she just like 
I just feel like if you could look at her as a cartoon, there would just be these floating, like, loving bubbles behind her. And you know she wakes up every day and works on it because she even said it the other day. She's like, I'm not perfect. I, I wake up and I get irritated or whatever. But, you know, that's how I want my love walk to be, where we wake up and we meditate on it and we honor him in that. And then we thank him for what he's done for us. And then we just walk around in that big love bubble where nothing's going to bother you. You cast every single care upon it. Every person that you run into, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't happen on I-4. It doesn't matter what some guy did to you in the parking lot. It doesn't matter. You just pray for him and keep going. You know, yeah. because that's what Jesus said, right? Absolutely. Um, John thirteen thirty five, I think I gave you that verse, says, I can read it if not. Um, New King James is fine. It says that by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And, and that is huge. And there's so many different ways that we can show love. And I grew up where, and I have a tendency to be this way buying love because it's an easier way out. It, it is easier just to, to buy something and, and not have to spend time with them and not always have to, to use your words to show, you know, that person what they mean to you. Um, but spending time is really where you're going to keep that fellowship strong because, um, just want, I just have a verse really quick where, you know, love is a fruit of the spirit and, when we think about a tree, we don't just see a mature fruit. You know, a lemon doesn't just pop up on the tree and it's there and ripe and ready to be picked, right? It takes time to grow. It takes time to get the nourishment and all of that. And that's how we are when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. We're not going to just arrive one day. It's going to take time in, day in, and day out. You know, pastor has said this so many times, um, I have yet to arrive, but I have left. And that's how we all are with our with our love work that you know it it takes time to develop that and it comes through practice i have a, a friend of mine i've known him for 22 years and I, I love this guy dearly he's like a brother right and i, I have a lot of uh friends acquaintances you know and, and obviously those have changed as my lifestyle has changed you know, I used to have tons of drinking friends and a lot of pot-smoking friends. And then once Jesus came, I had, like, no friends. But um, there's this guy that I, I just love him. And I don't know what it is. And he surrounds himself with people uh, that I feel like always kind of use him for something. Does that make sense? Right? He's a wealthy guy. And uh, he's just got a lot of uh, acquaintance friends. He's got an airplane friend, and he's got a hunting friend, and he's got a fishing friend, and he's got a, a drug friend, and, and whatever. And they've got all these buddies. So we were on the phone today, and uh, I was just asking him to come to the Band of Brothers shooting thing, you know, just reaching out to him. And just you got to keep those relationships strong, right? We talk about that all the time. Just because someone's not in your circle all the time or they believe something different doesn't mean that they're garbage, right? So if we're walking in love, we've got to do that as well, too. So... I told him today, I was like, hey, man, I just want to see you. I just want to spend time with you. I want to see your face. I love you. And I know it sounds weird as like a worldly person would look and be like, oh, my, what are you, like gay? And I'm like, no, I'm not gay. I just, I just love you. You're my brother. You're more to me than just friendship. I don't need anything from you other than time with you. That's all I want. I just want to spend time with you. And people don't understand that because they don't get what this is, what Jesus is, what God has done. They don't understand that. They just see as like, well, what do you need from me? I, I remember that one time I fixed your car. What do you need back? I don't need anything back. I just want to love you. I just want to spend time with you. And I had that exact same conversation today where just, I just want these people to understand, you know, yes, we talk about God. But at the same time, like, we are mere images of that, right? Yeah. So, his, his love for us is not based on anything we've ever done. Yeah, and if I'm just going to, I can't just talk about God and then act different. Hey, man, yeah, okay, whatever, I don't really care. You have to walk that pathway out. Yeah, and you do that by, you know, meditating on the word and studying this. Um, you know, Zach has the My Fitness Pal app, and he's always tracking all of his food. And, not always. Um, 
I guess you don't put everything in I there. I cheat. Okay. I'm a cheater sometimes. Well, I don't want any part of that because I don't want to have any accountability of what I eat. And that's the truth. I don't even want to know how many calories, how many carbs. I don't want to know any of that stuff. And I think that we can all get like that in our, in our lives where, you know, um, I'm guilty of this. There's moments where I ignore God because I know that I need to make adjustments. And I think that if I just keep ignoring him, that I'm, I don't have to make those adjustments, right? So God meets us where we're at. And we are all in different levels in our relationship with the Lord. But the important thing is that we continue to press in. We continue to press in and we continue to seek him more and more. And you will see that love grow the more you seek him. You will see your your walk with him change. Your personality will become more like him. All of those things will will start to, to make adjustments. And that's what this book has really done for me. The other day, someone said something and it really bothered me. And I was like, why am I even letting this bother me? Because it was really ridiculous. And I think the reason it bothered me is because it was somebody of authority. And I don't like to be corrected by anybody, let alone, that's truth right here. I don't really like to be corrected. I don't think any of us really enjoy correction. It's not a good feeling, but when it's from somebody that you respect, it can be even more uncomfortable. And then the devil gets in your head and is like, they have no place. You know what I mean? And then you, you start to realize that's, that's bothering you. And um, then the Holy Spirit's like, no, even if you don't agree with the correction, you just walk in love. And that's an, a person of authority that God appointed in your life. And so you receive that correction and you, you, you let it go. Yep. Cast all and your you, cares you upon move him, on. Cares for you. And I, all I could think was, I'm not prideful. I'm not prideful because I know if I hate correction, it's a sign of pride. So, because I'm reading this book, so I'm like, I'm not prideful. I don't want to be prideful. And then that really motivated me to be like, to pray it out because you don't want to be out of love towards someone else, you know? But if it weren't for us meditating on these things and, and really spending the time to go through them, I wouldn't even realize some of the things that I. I do, you know, when we were young in our marriage, I was, um, I thought manipulation was love. And that's not uncommon because the world is, is very much like that is very selfish and you, you manipulate to, to get things, you know, we're far from this now, but, um, we laugh about it. We were living together, and, and Zach came to me and was like, you know, my mom said we shouldn't be living together anymore. And um, I said, okay, well, then I'll just break up with you. <laughs> and, and that's just an example of a worldly person, you know, not walking in love and manipulating to get what, what they wanted. And um, so often, you know, that's what we're dealing with with people of the world. And we just have to remember that we get our definition of what love is from God. Um, and we ended up getting married after that because he didn't want me to move out. So that's how that happened. Listen, she's hot, right? So <laughs> I was like, hey, I got an idea. Let's get married. I know I've only known you for nine months. I feels right. Don't do that. Don't do it. Unless the Holy Ghost tells you to do it, then you do it. But don't do that. Because we were not. We were doing nasty things. So either way, go ahead. Well, we learned the hard way. I mean, you, most of you guys know our testimony and some certain things that happened in our life because we didn't have an understanding of what love was. We were not submitted under God, you know. Um, and there was a lot of pain and a lot of hurt that happened in our relationship because we, we weren't where we needed to be. Um, but God loves us so much that it doesn't matter what the enemy can do because he's going to turn it all around and he's going to make something even more beautiful out of it. And now we joke around and um, our line is, you know, I prayed for a new husband. He prayed for a new wife. And we got wife. that in got each other, wife. you know, because we are a new creation. And the Lord has really changed both of us. Um, but 
I was, as we were sitting here going through this, I'm like, man, you know, love is so powerful because God is love and everything that he, he created was, was out of love. And, um, you know, we have alluded to, um, we've said a lot of verses in the last couple of weeks. One of them that was that because God, God's love has abundantly been poured out within our hearts through the Holy ghost. That's how we are able to love, but it doesn't come like that because, you know, it's through our born again spirit that we receive the God kinds of love. And, and that verse points out that it's been shed abroad in our hearts. That doesn't mean in our mind. So the point of me saying that is we have to meditate on those things. You know, in Romans it talks about, you know, the removing of your mind and what you think about is what you become and all of those things. And, you know, I encourage all of you to to take some, some verses. We have so many confessions. Um, you know, I have uh, Trina Hankins. I plead the blood of Jesus over my past, present, future. You know, um, I the debt's been paid. I plead the blood of Jesus. All of that, Satan, get off me. You should not have my family. You should not have my marriage. All of that. But I almost feel like I need to, to take that and add in some of these things about love and create, you know, a new confession for, for my day because there is just so much power in walking in love. And also the way that I think you would treat yourself. I don't know if I spoke on this, right, but I was talking to Amber about it earlier. I know this sounds so taboo, and we've heard it in this church enough, but, I mean, we all know that we're perfect inside in our spirit, right? So we know our body is not right? And we're renewing our mind every day. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're perfect. And it sounds so weird to say, to be like, hey, you're perfect, you know? And to, to sit there in the mirror and say they're going to they're gonna think you're arrogant. Or, but, but, you know, who's inside of you that makes you perfect? And that's the love that you shed across to people, right? So when you're down on yourself or you're talking bad about yourself, just remember, you're talking bad about Jesus, because that's who's in you, right? Yeah. So you, you say you hate this about yourself. Well, then you hate, it, you hate Jesus. Well, I'm this. Well, I guess Jesus was that. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Well, I guess Jesus is an idiot. So just remember that when you're getting hard on yourself because you got to walk in love towards yourself too. Amen. And that goes through with, you know, forgiveness. Um, I, I believe we, we've touched on this in the last few weeks but um, we should forgive others because he so greatly forgave us. And that is true for yourself. You know, I'm sure many of you can sit here and say that you're harder on yourself than you are on anybody else. And sometimes when you're studying out, like, you know, this love book, it brings up a lot of adjustments that you need to make, and it's uncomfortable, and then you can start questioning yourself and you kind of go down that, that rabbit hole of, okay, well, where am I at? Um, which is good to do, but you also have to have a little bit of grace on yourself and realize that, you know, my spirit is, is born again and new and perfect, but I'm still working out, you know, my flesh. I'm still working out my mind. Um, Pastor Megan had preached several months back. And one of the things that she said that comes up in my mind all the time is sometimes you need a fruit check. You need to check and see how you're at with the fruits of the spirit. Am I really walking in love? Am I really being kind towards, towards other people? Um, but you know, if we're not walking in love, the Bible goes on to say that, we abideth in death. And, and that's 1 John 3, 14. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. And that is really powerful. You know, it's going to say that we are spiritually dead. We're separated from God when we're not walking in love. And I don't think we really sit there and think about that too much. We just, you know, go on through our day and make adjustments and move on. But I think we need to just kind of stop and think, wow, that is huge. When I talk ill of someone, when I gossip about someone, when I get angry towards someone, 
that really bothers God. And it should bother us. You know, it bothers us when people do that to, to us. You know, um, we want all the forgiveness. Um, Zach is really good. He is a girl dad, and he's a really great husband. And um, he's really good at giving us a piece of our own medicine in our house. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's good um, or not, right? But, you know, I, I definitely mean, walk around with a mirror. In love, in love, you know, and... If it weren't for that, I wouldn't even realize some of the things that I say. They just come out, and I don't even listen to my own things that I'm saying sometimes because I can have a tendency to just speak, and I don't think about it. You know, and in Proverbs, it's not, it calls you out for doing that. And we should be really careful with the things that we we say. Mary Fran has said this every time that she comes. You will confess one thing, and then you will cancel it out 30 minutes later. You will speak that you are healed, and you're this, that, the other, and then an hour and a half later, you're saying, man, I'm weak. I don't feel good. And we should really be aware of the things that we say. The things that we say should really just be the word of God. And that comes from, you know, meditating on the word of God. Everything comes back to meditating on the word of God. And that's where we saw the biggest change in our life was when we really started meditating on the word and then actually doing it. And it can be very difficult in the beginning. When we started this love book, we found ourselves correcting one another, and that did not work. Um, we had to just Yeah, I go, hey, babe, that's not in. walking in love. She goes, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just pointing it out. I mean, just... But again, uh, I don't think you're supposed to point it out either, right? No, so, you're not. I, and, no. You know, we, this is, I told Stephen the other day, I was like, dude, this is a book that it never gets old, and you open every day, and it should be probably sitting at your bedside, just like your Bible, right? So this is something that I don't pick it up every day. I'm not perfect. I never claim to be in that situation. But this is something where if I even read three or four sentences in, I'm like, yep, I'm sorry, God. Please forgive me. To Amber's point earlier, I was going to talk about this, and I'm, I'm not talking about anybody, but labels, right? I grew up in a household where I used to have uh, you know, people say, oh, I have a short fuse. I didn't have a fuse. <laughs> and remember, this is old Zach. This is the old me, right? Not, not who Jesus is in me because I have an unending fuse. You can light it, and it'll never pop off, okay? So I used to have, like, no fuse. But again, to Amber's point, like, you know, if you go to the doctor and the doctor says, you know, bro, you, you got cancer. You're like, I got cancer? Yeah, you got cancer. You're going to die soon. I'm going to die soon? You can't put that on you. And the people that you surround yourself with, that's another big part, right? So uh, let's just make up a story, right? Billy up the street. Billy goes to the doctor. Billy says, oh, man, uh, I'm not feeling good. Doctor says, yeah, you're right. You don't look good. Oh, man, I don't look good. And then you just keep going. And then you go and talk to your mom. And mom says, yeah, you don't look good, Billy. Oh, my God, I'm sick. Oh, gosh, really? Wow, that's really bad. Hey, remember back in the day when you had this and you had that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you just keep throwing things. It's like burying yourself alive. You can't come out from that. So nothing against my parents because we've all grown. And, you know, I've done this to faith before. I'm like, you always do that. And what his pastor said, you can't do that. You can't say, I always do something. Lisa said it the other day. You can't do that. So when I grew up in the house and it was like, oh, you're angry. And then I would be like, I'm not angry. No, 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 you're angry. And I'm like, I'm not angry. And then say, listen, stop being so angry. I was like, I'm not angry. And then the anger would come out. She'd be like, see, told you. It was only in this place where I found out who I was. Because of what he did for me. And who I look at in the mirror is not this. It's him. So I don't accept labels of negativity. I don't accept what you, that's your perception of me. Fine, I don't care. You can think whatever you want, but I know who I am. 
So don't put a label on somebody. Don't say that you have something. And we all know this stuff, but it's good to hear it from a different mouth other than Justin or Pastor Lisa or Pastor Daryl sometimes, right? Because we know that we're all getting it. We're all part of this family. And we go out and we do what? We share the gospel with people, right? So when somebody starts negating or saying, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I have this, I have that. No, you don't. Because the way that I see you is the same way that you should see yourself. And, you know, you have to... You have to put it on some days because you might see yourself by your mistakes and what you've done in the past. You know, the devil wants to keep you in your rearview mirror. He doesn't want you to, to, to be looking forward at what the path God has for you. He wants you to continue to look at all the ways that you, you messed up. And you have to just fill yourself with scripture that's under the blood that correct that you know identifies who you are and it might be where you have to write those verses out and you put them everywhere we all have different verses that speak to us and that motivate us because god knows what we need to hear in the moment that we hear it you know, um, so you, you sometimes need to put those verses out. I have the, the Trina Hankins prayers. I've printed out so many, and I'm able to give them to people. And there was a day where I had to read that like 10 times a day. And that's okay, because that's what I needed. I needed to tell my mind, no, you're not what the devil says you are. I am the child of God. It's under the blood. I will not be ashamed, you know, and I, I will not be denied what's rightfully mine. Devil, you're a liar. And I, I had to do that several times a day until day after day, I became more and more free from that guilt, more and more free from that shame because I was renewing my mind to with what the word said that I, I was. Um, and that's the biggest thing. You have to speak the word. It's not easy to do sometimes. You know, Mackenzie was in the hospital several months ago, and we were in there, and I, I was not believing that she was sick. I wasn't believing any of that. I was standing on the word, but once I got out of there, um, is Melanie had told me this, and I didn't even think about it, and I was like, man, I should have been, that I should have changed the atmosphere in that hospital room. I should have changed the atmosphere, but I didn't think about it. I should have had worship music playing in there. I should have put up Bible verses around there about healing. I should have changed that atmosphere because there was so much coming in that room that was speaking against the word of God. And, and so much was coming. And although I was hearing it, I wasn't repeating it, and I, I wasn't believing it, but the word still had life in the room, and I should have done that, you know, and some of us have to stop sometimes in our day and just kind of have a redo or a start over, and, and, you know, music speaks to me because it doesn't require as much for me in that moment to get myself into the mindset to be with the Father. You know, sometimes I have to, like, clear everything that's going on, and, and the music before I get into prayer really, really helps me, um, but that atmosphere, you're in control of changing that atmosphere and that environment and the people that you're around. So you might be speaking life of yourself, but there might be other people around you that, that are not. And that goes back to Mark and Trina Hankins. When Trina was going, when she was in the hospital, Mark had a list of people that were only allowed in that room. These are the only people allowed in this room because I know that it's going to change the atmosphere. It's going to change, you know, um, and it, it brings me back to how Teresa has preached about the rice, the, the words, you know. Um, it's, it's a very simple project to do, but my gosh, the power in that when you speak life and then when you speak and you curse, how the rice just turns black, you know? Um, Let, let's go into that a little more because there might not be people online or in here that know what you're talking about. Well, I haven't done it. I've just heard the stories and seen the, the pictures and the, the testimonies, but um, I don't know if you did this over a period of a couple weeks. Yeah. 
It's funny because this, this uh, made an impact on a lot of people, this experiment, including my husband, which was part of the reason I did it, to be honest, because he thought all that stuff was hooey. But basically, to keep it real, <laughs> real short and simple, you take cooked rice and you put the same amount, same rice in two different jars. Most of the ones online will tell you three. I only did the two. So you take those two jars and you put the label of love on one and you put the label of hate on another. And every day, twice a day, we would take those jars and I would take the jars out of the room, the kitchen where I was keeping them. I'd go into the living room and to the love rice, I would bless it. And I would tell it, thank you, you're lovely rice. I bless you with the love of Jesus. I'm, I'm so happy that you're beautiful white rice. You're so nourishing. I appreciate you, blah, blah, blah. Then we would take the hate rice. We'd put the love rice back, take the hate rice to the living room. I encourage everybody to do this. I encourage you to do this. It will change your mind. You will have a very obvious way to see the effects of your words. And we would take the hate rice into the living room. We'd say, I hate you. You're stupid. I curse you. I damn you to death. Literally. I would, and I felt bad for the rice, i got to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I have to do it. Okay, so... <laughs> so I brought that rice into church and pastor brought it up front so that everybody could see that rice. Now it's been a month. It's cooked rice. It's not refrigerated. It's sitting in on a counter in this exact same condition, both of them in the same kind of environment. And when you bring that rice out, the, the love rice had a little bit of green, just a little bit, nothing the hate rice was the most disgusting thing you'd ever seen. Black, nasty, filthy. Listen, your words matter. Yeah, they do. So, so let's go back to what we're talking about, right? What kind of environment are you in? How's your, how's your marriage? How are you speaking about your husband? How are you speaking about your wife? How, what do you say over your kids? If it's going to work for rice, what's it going to do to your soul? What's it going to do to your body? We, we sit here and we wonder, like, why is this going on? I mean, we all know, right? We, we understand that the devil's ruling this earth now and the people that are just letting boys be girls and girls be dogs and somebody call themselves a unicorn. Okay, well, you're going to get what you say, right? You're going to have what you say. So you want to act foolish, you're going to be foolish. People want to know why the suicides are up. Why is my kid killing himself? What's going on here? What's going on there? Well, if it works for rice and nothing was done there, nothing was doctored up, you know, it's just sitting in the same environment. It's not like she added something in the other one. You know, if that's going to work for rice in a glass jar, how's it working for you? You know, and I um, have a tendency to have more of a, a loose cannon um, than, than Zach. Old you. Old you had a loose cannon. I have a tendency. No, you to, don't. Okay. I don't have a tendency. See, this is live in action. Um, and so... But there's moments where I have to pray and I have to tell my tongue that it is submitted unto my flesh. Amen. You know, um, I have to, to tell myself not to speak because I don't always think before I speak. And so um, I have to take authority over those things. Before I go into a meeting, I take authority over those things in the morning. And that doesn't make me weak or it doesn't make me lesser, you know, than of, than someone that doesn't have that issue. We all have things that we have to take authority of in our own life and, and submit them submit them under. And when I do that, I mean, the Holy Ghost comes and he'll meet me when I ask for help. That's... That always happens. Yeah. Listen, we all got to remember that we have favor, right? Amen. We have favor over everything we do. Amber spoke about it in the beginning. I'm just going to go back to it. But she was like, oh, I wish you care more about your job. Well, I do care about my job, but I have favor in what I do. We all know, unless you don't, I sell food to restaurants. I'm not a, a scientist. I'm not cutting open hearts, right? But at the same time where somebody might have to put in 30 hours to do something, Jesus gets it done for me in seconds. So what's more important to you? Where you're at with your walk or how big your pocketbook is? Because for me, if I'm going to focus on what this says, I'm going to focus on what our pastors say, 
And I'm going to really walk out what we hear in this building, which is the reason I love this place. Nothing against anywhere else, but I've been to so many churches, and I never heard what I hear here. I mean, Amber and I are totally different than where we were. I was saved when I was 10, and you were saved, what, your whole life, almost? Yeah, I was I was pretty young. I was probably six or seven, um, but I didn't have an identity of who I was in Christ. I didn't know the power of, of who I was, and... Yeah. That is something that once you're in this church and you're hearing it so much, it seems so simple. Somebody said that in the last couple days. Don't take, you know, don't forget that other people that come into this building may not have heard some of these things that we think are so easy now. You know, because there was a moment where we, I struggled to tithe. And now, you know, in this church, Nobody would probably believe that now, but when I came in here, I really struggled to tithe. Um, Zach was the tither, and his mom did it for him when Let's we were stop. married. Okay, yeah. So, when we first yes, got married, his I didn't mom have a church. For him. I was living in the world, yeah, but I was still tithing. Correct. And I was being blessed yes. like crazy. But I was still going to the bars, I was still sleeping with random people, I was still doing drugs. But I was being, like, financially just blown over. But, you know, I was supposed to be somewhere different. Jesus was just showing me something. Yeah. And when we got married, I had a real hard time with his mom being involved, you know, going into his checking account and taking money out of there every single every single time. Because I'm like, what are you doing? And so we stopped tithing. And it wasn't months later. Now, there's things that happen in your life, and you may not put the correlation together until you get farther down the road, and then you look back and you're like, wow, what was I thinking? And this is one of these moments, and it wasn't but months later he got laid off from his job. And I had no idea because I didn't grow up in a household where we really talked about money. We didn't talk about tithing. And so he had lost his job, and... It took us many years to get back to where we were in that place. Let's go a little deeper, right? So we were dating. Uh, we got married. We were tithing. We were looking for a home. I had $10,000, right? And the new me now would be like, let's just give it to the church. But I was like, well, let's just let's buy a house. And we stopped tithing because couldn't afford it. Yeah. We got to pay a mortgage. Now we live together. Now we have two car payments, whatever. So what did we put our eyes on? Material things. We left our. We left what my mom was trying to instill in me, which is still in me, which yeah. is great, which is important Amen. to be for all of us, right? And then not only did I lose my job, Amber lost her job, and we got divorced. Yeah. I mean, everything Pastor Within like says. Within two years, all this happened. Yeah. You guys all have all heard our testimony. If not, we're, we're remarried now. But my God, I mean, we were living for the devil. You know, like we... we we just didn't care about ourselves. We didn't care about each other. We didn't care about our marriage. We just cared about making money and doing what we wanted to do. And then we split ways. And then we got a new person. Amen. Right? But a lot of that kind of stemmed from like, well, what do you got your eye on? What are you focusing on? You know, so we, we lost track of who we were and who he wanted us to be. So it's a lot. I mean, when we really think about it now, like just like Amber said, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, I lost my job. But she forgets she lost her job as well. And then there was fights and arguments, and then there was divorce. You can't let these things take a hold of you. Yeah, and when we we stumbled upon, we didn't stumble upon this church. The Holy Ghost brought us to this place. Um, So let me rephrase that. I did not want to live in Apopka. We moved to Apopka so that we could be in this church without a doubt. And Mm -hmm. the moment we moved to Apopka, wow, was the devil on us so hard because he knew the power that we would receive when we knew who we were in Christ. And that would happen from being in this church. And he did everything he could to keep us. And all it did was delay what the Lord's going to have happen anyways, because that's not going to change. But um, we just had to go through a little bit of hard time. But the tithing was something that was really, really, really hard for me. And now I I don't have an issue with tithing because I put it into practice. You know, um, he has his tithe story. I have mine. Our money is one. But just because one person doesn't, doesn't mean the other one really believes in it and believes that it, that it works, you know. Um, so I was working somewhere, and I was not consistent with my tithe. Um, and so 
I ended up leaving that job and I, I didn't work there for a few months. The Lord brought me back there. And when the Lord brought me back, um, I was like, you know what? I This is it. I'm done. I'm going to tithe every single time. I'm not going to, you know, pay all my other bills and then realize I don't have anything left for tithing. So I'm going to do that first. And I, I started doing that. And it was amazing to see how God just continued to multiply and to multiply and to multiply. And to the step further that now we have so much fun with giving. I mean, there's times where we get bonuses and I go, okay, Lord, show me who I need to give money to. Because it's fun when you start seeing it come back in a way that isn't possible. But I had to put that into practice. And the same thing happens when you walk in love. You know, reaping and sowing is not just on finances. It's in so many ways. And I really think that when you give love, you receive love back. And, um, you know, there's days where I have been very loving to other people. And then there's moments where I'm not having a good day and I need somebody else to pick me back up. And I know that happens because I freely give love and that love came, comes back to me. As we wrap it up, um, we've all been here, not all of us, but we, a lot of us have been here the last couple days. And this room just feels like peaceful. I don't know if anybody else feels that, but even when I walked on the property, I was just like, eh, right? So I don't know. I would just say that we've all been kind of filled up, but stay filled up. The pastor talks about it all the time, right? Like, y- you are a revival. You're a revival. I don't need somebody to come down here and put her hands on me for, to make me feel better about myself. I do that every morning. So... When we leave this building, just remember who you are, what he did for you. Focus on the love that he has for you. And then focus on how you can treat other people around you. And don't let someone's circumstances, if they're having a bad day, or if maybe something happened in their life, let that hinder you. Because it doesn't matter. I love 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. I, love, I, I repeat that verse every day, and I say it all the time, every day, like multiple times a day, where I could be I-4 or whatever. Like we're, we're, we don't really fight anymore, but like just be a stupid argument over something. And I was like, oh, God, I'm just going to give that to you. And then I let it go and truly do that. So while we're, while we're here and while we, we feel this way and while we continue to, to dive into this book, Just focus on Jesus is inside of you. His blood is your blood. His hand is your hand. So when you look in the mirror, whatever vision you see, that's Jesus. So don't take it out on somebody else. Don't take it out on yourself. I love you. I love you. You love me. And when we get out of these doors, let's stay like that. It might sound goofy, right? It might be a little difficult sometimes, but who cares? Because it feels awesome. (laughs) It does. I mean, there's moments where yesterday I had to drive three and a half hours, like three hours and 15 minutes all the way to Boynton Beach and then back for a 30-minute meeting. And I was like, it's a little ridiculous. But I was excited to just be able to pray in tongues and worship the Lord and, you know, compound onto what's been happening with all these church services. Don't let it go, go, you know, stay filled. Stay filled. filled. Um, And Mark Hankins will be here next month. I don't know if they have that announcement out, but, I mean... It's on his website, so it's not a secret. Um, So just keep yourself filled. Keep yourself filled and, you know, share the love of God with everybody that you're around. Uh, Mary Fran mentioned several times there will be a last convert of hers. There will be a last person that she brings to Christ. And you never know what the person next to you or in front of you, God might've brought that person in your path for a reason. Be sensitive to that. When people talk to you and they're very chatty, it's not by coincidence. The Holy Spirit is working on them and he's brought them to you because you have something that they need. 
And, and that's the love of God. You know, you can get so caught up in your head. I have done this in the past. I need to have the right things to say and this and that. But when you just bring it back to Jesus, when you bring it all back to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will take care of it. You just bring it back to Jesus, bring it back to what he did at the cross and the love of God. God loves you so much that he gave his son. When you bring it back to that, nobody can deny the love of God. So, um, let's close in prayer. Okay, go ahead. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you for such an amazing week. That you're working in us and through us. And that we pray that every person that comes upon our path, that you would put in front of us, that your words come through our mouth. That it's not us that's speaking, it's you. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to sow into people. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to love others. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity to share truth and knowledge and wisdom. And we pray that when we leave these doors tonight, that whoever needed to hear these sermons or whatever we said touches not only that person, but it moves on to the next. That everywhere we go, we are prophets, preachers, teachers. You are the pastor. You are the pastor out of these doors. We are learning what to do in here. We pray that we take it out there and we actually do it. And I want to lift up Pastor Lisa, Pastor Daryl, Pastor Justin. We pray for safety, a hedge protection over them on their way to Mark Hangins, surrounding and on the way back. We plead Psalms 91 over their lives, and they make it back here perfectly healthy sound. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.